A reading from Daniel chapter 12. At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who has charge of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those who turn many to righteousness, like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others stood, one on this bank of the stream and one on that bank of the stream. And someone said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream, How long shall it be till the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream. He raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time, times, and half a time. And that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things would be finished. I heard, but I did not understand. Then I said, O my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? He said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. And from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1,335 days. But go your way till the end, and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When the kids are little, they ask lots of questions, and at times the questions are hard to answer. Not because they're uncomfortable or things that make you uneasy, but they're hard to answer because little kids don't have the perspective they need in order to make sense of an answer. So when the little kids say, Dad, where is Pennsylvania? I find myself struggling to answer that question. And I say to them things that don't make sense, like how do you want me to answer that? How should I describe it to you? Do you want me to tell you how many miles away it is or how many hours away it is? Do you want me to tell you that it's on the other side of Ohio, on the other side of the Mississippi River? How do you want me to describe it to you? Of course they don't. They just want to know that it's over there somewhere. It's that way. It's enough, in fact, it's enough for the kids kids to know that Pennsylvania is that way and that if we're going to Pennsylvania, I know how to get there, I'm the one who's taking them, and I know, I know where it is. That's enough. It's enough for the kids to know that. And I think that that is an explanation for a lot of what is going on, especially in the latter half of the book of Daniel, chapters 7 through 12, have been full of explanations that are beyond us. Beasts rising out of the sea, nations rising and falling, kings doing all kinds of things, 
rams and goats butting heads with one another, things that don't make sense to us, and it is almost as if God is saying, how do you want me to answer this question? What's going to happen? Well, let me try this. Let me see if this image helps. Let me see if this explanation helps. But of course, who are we to understand the ways of God? It is enough, in fact. It's enough to know the important parts, to know that He knows where we're going, He knows the answers, and that He is the one who is taking us there. It's enough. He tries to explain, He offers us something to look at, something to listen to, but in the end, we find ourselves in very good company with Daniel, who says, I heard, but I did not understand. I heard, but I did not understand. The end of the book of Daniel. At the end of his life, now an old man, having seen all kinds of marvelous things, and served in the courts of Nebuchadnezzar, and on down the ages through the, the kingdom of the Persians, Daniel had seen lots of things, and he'd interpreted lots of visions, and he was a very understanding and intelligent man, gifted by God with wisdom, and yet, at the end of his days, he says, I heard, and I did not understand. Which is really good news for you and for me. As we hear the scriptures, as we hear God's word, as we wrestle with it, as we find out how hard it is, and how inscrutable God's ways are, it's enough. For us, like it was for Daniel, it's enough to know that God knows where we're going. He knows the answers to the questions. And that he is the one who is taking us there. Jesus uses some of the imagery from Daniel chapter 12 when he gives a parable to his people. And I think that this is a a helpful picture for what is going on in the book of Daniel. Jesus tells a parable of the weeds among the stocks of wheat. There was a man, Jesus says, who sowed a field full of wheat, and overnight a robber, a wicked man, came and sowed weeds among the wheat. And the servants of that master said, Lord, we should go and pull up all of the weeds that are in this field, because they're causing trouble for the wheat. But the master said, no, let them grow up. We're going to wait for a time. You might even say a time and times and half a time. We're going to wait until they grow up, and then at the harvest, will sort them out. Jesus explains to the crowds, he explains to the disciples, this is what's going on. The one who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. We've heard about the Son of Man in the book of Daniel. The field is the world and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. Those whose names are written in the book of life. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, those wicked ones who do wicked things and who do not understand. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil, the chief of all of the beasts. The one against whom St. Michael is waging war. The harvest is the end of the age. The thing that everyone wonders about. What will be the outcome of all these things? As Daniel asks. And the reapers are the angels. St. Michael, Gabriel, and all the rest. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace... Sounds like Daniel. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But here's the key. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. He who has ears, let him hear that it is enough for you to know that at the word of your Savior, you will shine like the sun. The word of your Lord, you will be saved. 
Though there is trouble coming, and trouble, as St. Michael says, trouble as severe as the world has ever seen, God's people will be delivered. You will be delivered. Daniel has this picture of the end, the end of all things. But I think it's appropriate for Christians to take his words to heart for anything that they encounter in their life. Any trouble you encounter in your life, think about it this way. You can ask God this question, what will be the outcome of these things? And he will say to you something like, how do you want me to describe it to you? How can I answer that question for you? Instead, it's enough. It's enough to know that he's the one who is taking you where you are going. He knows where you're going. He has the answers. And he is good. That's what matters for Daniel. And so, St. Michael says, go your way. Go in peace, essentially. Go your way and shine like the sun. You'll come to rest. You will come to rest. And then what has been appointed for you will be given to you. Here's how Malachi sort of put it. Malachi the prophet wrote a uh, hundred years after Daniel, more than a hundred years after Daniel, after the people had returned to Jerusalem and rebuilt the temple and encountered the very same trouble that they had all along, indulging the idolatry in their hearts, abandoning God, calling into question God's graciousness. And here's how Malachi puts it. He says, in spite of all of that, in spite of all of the wickedness doing wicked things, those who fear the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. Whatever trouble comes, whatever dismay encounters them, they shall be mine in the day when I make up my treasured possession. And I will spare them. As a man spares his son who serves him, then once more. You shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve him. The only question at the end of the day is not, do you know where you are going, as in, do you know the way there, or how far it is, or what the destination looks like, but instead the question is simply this. Is your name written in the book? And if it is, then you can go your way. Is your name written in the book? Now, it is not, as so many think, that your name gets written in the book because of anything that you have done. Daniel knows that best of all. He's been called. He's been chosen by God. He's been made to be a prophet. He's been made to be one who will shine like the brightness of the sun. It is God's doing. How do you know whether your name is written in the book? This is the treasure that God gives to us in his church. The means that he gives us of assuring us that our names are written in the book. Were you baptized? Were you washed? Were you made clean? Were you given a new heart? Have you eaten and drunk his body and blood, the pledge of forgiveness poured out for you on the cross? Have you been absolved? Have you heard these words spoken to you? Direct through the mouth of God's man, the one speaking in his stead and by his command, your sins are forgiven for the sake of Jesus Christ. Has all of that happened to you? If so, then your name is written in the book. You are his. And that means you're free. Now, Daniel may have wanted something different. He was afraid. We heard this in chapters 10 and 11, that when Daniel saw the vision of what was coming on God's people, he was terrified. He trembled with fear. That fear is not resolved in any kind of assurance that God gives Daniel about the details. What will become the outcome of these things? You don't get to know, Daniel. 
and said, Go your way. Go your way till the end, and you shall rest, and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. That's the aim and goal of our lives as Christians. It is not that we chart a course, finding our way, working our way towards the end, but instead it is simply this, that we go the way God sends us, by his word, by his command, in his promises, with the assurance that he is the one who knows the way. He's the one who is taking us there. He's the one with the answers, all of which are for our sake. Remember that the theme of these nations rising and falling, the theme of world history put on the stage in the book of Daniel, the theme is this, that all things work together for your good. You have been called according to God's purpose. Put your trust in that. Put your trust in this good and gracious God. See into the heavens now, through these words of Daniel, see into the heavens how the Lord is working for you. Even as we sit here listening to his word, hearing his promises, the Lord is working for you to bring you safely home. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.